Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I am your host, Sean Needham, and I am streaming live from the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy Studio, and we have the pleasure of having Chris Habib back on our show again. Super excited. He is a wealth of knowledge in free market medicine. And one of the things that we talk about, especially lately, there's been a lot of individuals that have really, really wanted to move jobs. Um, partly because they've been forced to do things they don't want to do. And I think in some ways that's okay because some people are thinking about being entrepreneurs and opening their, their own business, doing something different. And I will tell you, one thing that really scares a lot of people is the health insurance question. Well, I got to keep this job because I need my health insurance. Well, let me just tell you this. Um, Employers have used health insurance to create slaves of employees. Guess what? You don't need that health insurance that that employer um, pays for, and you pay a lot for it too. Let's let's let not forget that. Um, you there are other options that are very very affordable and let you be accountable and responsible for your own health care and you get to drive it instead of an insurance company or an employer telling you where to go, what's covered and what's not covered. So Chris is going to go over that today. You don't want to miss out on this. This is a perfect opportunity. If you're ever thinking about making some changes, this is a perfect opportunity to um, listen how you can get affordable health care um, without a big employer-sponsored um, plan. Chris. So while we're on the subject, go ahead and just get started. Hey, Sean. Pleasure to be with you again. You know, I notice, uh, if you notice, I wore my insurance does not equal healthcare t-shirt right. just for this yeah. episode. Uh, <laughs> so we we like that slogan so much, we decided to slap it onto our, our company t-shirts and, and uh, give it out to everybody. Um, <clears throat> this is one of the biggest subjects that we find when it comes to just innovation uh, across the marketplace, you know, industries, um, people are really held back. And we do a lot of work with like co-working spaces, entrepreneur organizations, uh, incubators who give people with really great ideas who've been kind of in corporate America or they're out on their own, give them a safe space to really uh, blossom with their ideas. And every single one of them, the people that run these incubators or co-working spaces, what we call them what you want, they go, Chris, you know, healthcare is the number one question and the biggest thing that holds people back from stepping out and starting their own companies. You know, you might have something that say you built a better you know, engine or you have an electric car and you you're, have these ideas, but you're so afraid to leave your job because of this whole notion of I have to have this really catastrophic health plan. What if, what if, what if? And most of our most of healthcare is just built on this question of what if when in reality a very very small percentage of people are going to even experience those what if scenarios and you know the emergent care that type of stuff that we think we need to have health insurance uh, health coverage really um, for those incidents so it's a huge barrier right it is and and you know I write about it in my book um, sick and how the government ruined healthcare and how to fix it. And I think one of the things is, is that employees need to start being the driver of healthcare. Um, they need to tell their employer what they want and what they don't want. And if they are educated about it, they can realize that, you know, a plan that is costing their employer and them 
you know, a thousand bucks a month, they could take that money and put it in their pocket and do a lot better things with it. It's a negotiation. Uh, every right. employment contract is a negotiation. And absolutely. I, I, you don't see people thinking about that uh, from an employer standpoint. It's, hey, here's the offer. Take it or leave it. That's never true. If they nope. want you badly, especially in today's labor market, you have some wiggle room on that one. So what if you said, hey, um, I'm going to go find an insurance plan or really a coverage plan again. I got to stop saying the I word. You know, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, terminology here. I'm going to go find a coverage plan that actually suits my needs and where I am in my life right now. Um, usually, you know, that can be short-term insurance. That can be health shares. That can be uh, health reimbursement accounts. You can get very, very creative with it. You just don't need to go and buy, you know, whatever's presented to you. Um, but that's a negotiation is my point is, you know, what if you went to your employer and said, hey, how about this base salary? Plus you kick in what you'd be spending on my insurance policy. You give me that money to go spend it the best way that I think, you know, is possible for my family. What's wrong with saying that to an employer? Just people don't, don't do it. They just, they think it's a take it or leave it. And this is the option and I'm beholden to it. Right. And I think, you know, the bigger the employer, I think the more difficult that's going to be. But if enough employees step up and say, hey, this is what I want, um, I think it would, you know, free not only in the end, you know, liberate the employee to decide what's best for their health needs, but also the employer because, you know, employer sponsored health insurance is so expensive. It is expensive. And, and even with the biggest companies out there, they have the option of opting into a plan. Um, you know, we went through this with with my wife and joining a, a school here locally uh, here in Indianapolis, and they presented her this benefits package. And I, I kind of an aside, I get upset when people call it, oh, these are my benefits. And it's only health insurance. And I'm like, well, let's redefine benefits in the first place. You know, there's there's all kinds of definitions out there about it. And it would have been more expensive for her to join that employer plan compared to the health share plan that we have in place right now. It would have been more expensive on a monthly premium level, and it would have been more expensive if, God forbid, something actually happened and we needed that financial backstop uh, to any type of major health issue. And so we kind of laughed at that, like, this is nuts. This is right. absolutely insane. And so and, we're like, well, no, thank you. Um, we're going to opt out of it. Yeah. And that a lot of people just don't realize that they think their insurance is just such a good deal that it, you know, it, um, they think they're getting a good deal. And I love it when people say, well, I've got great insurance. It's like, you know what? I just remind people there is no such thing as good health insurance in the traditional market anymore. There's just not, um, it's super expensive. Nothing is covered. If it is, it's high deductibles. It's, um, you know, a lot of out of pocket stuff. You'd be better off paying cash for a lot of things. Oh yeah. When you pay cash for medical care, the price is significantly lower and you see that up and down medical care. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying, Hey, insurance is, is never needed. There are some very yeah. small percentage of, of cases where it absolutely is needed. Um, and that's what it is. It's a financial tool, but we don't go around saying, Hey, Sean, I have the best homeowner's insurance policy. <laughs> right. Right. And it's like, Oh, my auto insurance is great. You know, I got, I got, a, I got an awesome life insurance. Nobody wants to use insurance plans yet. People brag about going out and using a health insurance plan. It is the most screwed up <laughs> dichotomy like I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. Now, and here's one of the things I want to back up just a little bit on, you know, you kind of alluded to a little bit, 
about the percentage of people that a small percentage of people that do need that health insurance. Now, here's one thing I want to um, drive home is that the best health insurance we have is not some policy or plan that we can buy. It's how we take care of our bodies. And 85 to 90 percent, I'm guessing at those numbers, but I mean, I've been in healthcare long enough. I just see it around me. Most all the things that are routinely seen in doctor visits, hospital visits are lifestyle related disease that can be changed or can be eliminated if people change their lifestyles. ERs aren't, you know, ER, ERs even are not full of, you know, car wrecks and, and heart attacks. Um, I mean, they're full of people that have GI problems. They're full of people that have out of control diabetes. They're for people that um, have, um, you know, lung problems because they were smoking. So in reality, that, you know, $40,000 broken leg or that car wreck, that's a small percentage of what we call healthcare when really um, what we're really dealing with in our system is a sick care system. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think, I think you're right on that. It's like less than 2% uh, chance of the average American actually needing to use a, a ER or have that emergent care. Um, the bigger issue, like you, I agree with you, it's, it's more lifestyle. Um, and let me put another one in there, a little more food for thought. Um, I was talking to a guest on you know my podcast about this, and he mentioned something about how many people miss medical appointments, whether it is a standard primary care uh, appointment, mm-hmm. chemotherapy, uh, cardi- whatever it is. There's like 5 million Americans each year that miss a medical appointment. And there's a whole whole host of issues, whether it's access, uh, time, uh, transportation is a big issue. But he said, he's like, we're able to find look at the data and find that every missed medical appointment is a 2% increase in chances of basically morbidity. And I'm like, wow, that is really, really profound. So one of the biggest issues beyond, you know, people seeking primary care at ERs is people foregoing medical care. And that's one of the biggest problems I think that we, we just don't talk about. And there's a whole host of issues for that, right? There's always a layer upon layer upon layer of people's rationale and reasoning, but Lifestyle can, can, combined with regular checkups, there's a very slim chance that you are one of those poor souls that gets struck by lightning or has a tree fall on them or gets in a car accident, something right. along those lines, right? Things that you yeah. can just do absolutely nothing about. And, and my heart goes out to them, but that is no reason to live in fear and this whole what if uh, aspect that modern day health insurance is built around. Right. And, and I do think this too. I, I think part of the problem is, Chris, is that it's not, we can't just blame the consumer, which is the patient. We can't just blame them. We can blame the system because, you know, I mean, let's face it with, because of the way that traditional um, insurance, and this is whether it's Medicare, Medicaid, or a a traditional, um, you know, Blue Cross United uh, plan, they don't reimburse doctors for preventing problems. They don't reimburse for, you know, they don't reimburse enough to, so the doctor can spend plenty of time with the patient. So in some ways, I'm not surprised that a lot of patients don't show up because they probably feel that the visit was useless um, because most doctors just don't spend enough time with them. Now, there is an alternative to that, and I'm, I'm hoping you're going to go into that. Everybody has a choice. 
Right? We, we talked about this a bunch last time, and it's like right. everybody has a choice. Um, I'm not big on pointing fingers and saying, hey, this is your fault. You know, whatever accidents do happen, or you know, there are circumstances that are outside of people's control. What I do point fingers and blame is if you make a mistake and you keep making that mistake without learning from it, now you're absolutely at fault. You're an accomplice here. That extends to patients who might hear this podcast and hear other material and things that you put out that say, hey, there's a different way to do this. Um, and if they keep going back to it with knowledge that they have a choice for better access, lower cost, really better quality um, uh, medical care, and they keep going back to, you know, kind of quote unquote, this, this, this system, I'm going to blame them. Uh, I'm going to blame okay. physicians who say, I, you have a choice in how you take care of patients and how you educate patients. I'm going to blame you too, because you have a choice uh, in everything you do in life and in, in your profession. Um, so, you know, are they accomplices? Sometimes uh, I'm sure there's people out there that say, mm, I like this. I'm making a lot of money from it from an administration standpoint. Um, or you're in a, you're a patient and you just are so frustrated and, and you're kind of a lost little lamb out there. You don't know how to use, you know, your, your, um, your brain to go out and seek medical care uh, that you don't, that you don't need to have these massive insurance plans for. Um, you know, one story I always, always like to, to tell people is that I am insanely jealous on behalf of all of our clients here at Freedom HealthWorks that, you know, it's been ingrained and pounded into our, our brain since birth that we have to go see a dentist twice a year. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it is the greatest medical marketing I have ever seen in my entire life. And I actually traced that back and uh, asked my dentist and a couple other ones about it and read about it. And it was, it, we only do that because there was a, like a toothpaste company back in the 1920s that wanted people to buy their product and get, <laughs> get, uh, get brushing their teeth on a regular basis. And it said, Oh, by the way, go see your dentist every six months for checkups and make sure that your oral health is, is uh, top notch there. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, well, where's the AMA doing that for, for yeah. physicians, right? Where, where are these companies out there saying, not just every year you should go see your doctor, because I don't think that's enough by any means, but going back to what I said about making sure you're keeping regular medical appointments, I mean, you should be engaging your doctor almost every couple of weeks, whether it's for the kids, whether it's for yourself, whether you have a question about an exercise regimen, a nutrition regimen, stress, mental issues, emotional issues, talk to your doctor about this because they're going to be able to help you out. And it's it's this whole thing about, you know, like you, like you mentioned, I don't know how much it's going to cost. And if you know how much it's going to cost, go figure it out. It's, it's really not that difficult. I was thinking maybe the reason patients listen more to the dentist is because they see more value in the dentist because they see the, uh, you know, they see the results of, you know, they, they don't want yellow teeth. They don't want crooked teeth and they see, they see the value of going to the dentist. Whereas when they go to a traditional doctor, they don't necessarily see the value because the doctor doesn't spend enough time with them to educate them. And they feel like, oh, well, I've got another problem. The doctor just prescribes another medication and then, uh, and then leaves um, instead of actually saying, hey, well, this problem that you're having with your stomach, you don't need a medication. You need to change your diet. But most doctors are either ignorant of that or they just don't take the time. So can you comment on that? Yeah, it's interesting. So it's, it's more of a tangible benefit of going out there, sitting in the dentist chair, getting your teeth scraped, getting some fluoride, getting polished and getting your bag of toothpaste and, and uh, your toothbrush and out the door you go. And 
you know, there's a great book out there um, called The Power of Habit. And so it talks about dental care and, and, and specifically in the fact that we have associated the mint, the mint taste as accomplishing something. We're taking <laughs> care of our teeth because we have this clean, minty right. feel about it. And again, you know, that's how it was marketed to, to uh, toothbrushes and back in the 1910s and 1920s is they said, hey, if you are done with a meal, you have this film and this grit on your teeth, you need to get rid of that grit. They had no idea what it was, but they said, get rid of that grit, brush your teeth with this toothbrush and this toothpaste, and then you have that clean feeling. I think you're exactly right that when you go to the doctor, I mean, what do they do? They, they put your hands on, you know, they'll examine stuff and say, hey, you're doing a great job, good job, you know, keep it up. Or they'll take some blood out of you, and a couple of days later, you get your results, and if people are like, oh man, you know, no problems. I guess I don't really need to go see the you know the doctor in a couple of months. So it, it I don't know how to fix that part of it. You know how do we how do we reward ourselves for going and staying in good shape and going to see the doctor and getting the labs and getting the tests we need? Um, you know that might be something that is for a lot smarter people than me to reward people, not just with a sticker or with a pencil walking out the door. But that's really what we're up against to get people to change their habits and change their attitudes about seeking medical care, not just when they need it, like something is wrong. Like don't wait until you're bleeding out of your eyeballs to go call a doctor. Call them beforehand and say, I want to make sure that, you know, my engine is running at peak performance here. What's the best way to go about doing that? And chances are the doctor's going to be like, yeah, I need to see you every, every couple of months just to make sure we're all good. Or at least let's have a phone conversation or a text conversation. Um, because there's a lot of different elements about people's health that play into our overall well-being. You know, I mentioned mental health, stress, workplace stress, family stress, financial stress. That's a lot of stuff that is not going to manifest itself in a blood test, um, you know, or a stethoscope you know, on your chest. So it's this whole concept of environmental health and then being, being able to look at your doctor as more of a partner and not somebody who's a last resort when you need them. Yeah, right. I think in some ways you answered the question um, yourself. Um, you know, how are we going to do that? Well, I think how you do that is, you know, if doctors create value in a patient's life and show them how good their engine can run, I think the patient will keep doing it. Um, it's no different than, you know, when a patient or a, a person hires a personal trainer at a gym if they get good results they're going to keep doing it um, why wouldn't they right look at how many people start an exercise program and give up on it before any type of health benefit is seen yeah exactly right so if they had a physician leading that charge and they could see all the other benefits and they're and they're educated on all the other benefits um, while it's happening um, i think we'd have a lot better results but there again, in the traditional system, that's just not how it works because patients haven't seen that. Now, let's go ahead and talk about alternatives because there are doctors that do that. Is that correct, Chris? Oh, absolutely. There are okay. doctors that will do all kinds of stuff uh, to make sure their patients are as healthy as they possibly can be. Yeah. So are those doctors in the – usually are those doctors in the traditional healthcare system? I mean, do they usually take regular insurance? Because that's a common question I get when I want – when a patient wants me to refer them to a doctor that does these special services like this, the first question they ask is, do they take my insurance? What's your, what's your answer to that? 
My answer is that they will see everybody regardless of your health insurance. It is, direct care is the only health model out there that will see every single person out there and not discriminate against health insurance policies. That's right. Let, let's, for, for those of us that might, that those that are on the, on the call that might be new today, Chris, let's explain what direct care is. Let's explain this, this new phenomenon, even though it's not new. So people know how to access a doctor that can really, really help them with their health and not just um, treat sick care. Direct care, um, it's been around for a while. It, it's had some different iterations called concierge, direct primary care, direct specialty care, self-pay, membership medicine. There really hasn't been a, a concentration or, or really coalesced around any single term. But it is when your trusted physician works only for the patient, only for you. Um, there is a big, uh, one of the conversations I enjoy having usually around health insurance again is, you know, when you're talking to a broker from a business standpoint, who is actually the client in this one? And so a typical client relationship is whoever pays you. Right. I'm going to write the check to my doctor, in this case, in direct care case. And there is no other revenue stream for that doctor. So that doctor is now incentivized yep. to keep me as healthy as he possibly can, or else the cost of me switching and going to somebody else who fits my care needs or my care style is very, very low. You compare that and contrast it to what an insurance-based physician is up against, and that person, that physician, is getting paid by insurance companies. They call it reimbursement. So if you're a patient and you say, I have a great insurance plan, I'm going to go see this physician that I picked from a list, and I'm going to call around and get in uh, the office that can see me you know, as soon as possible, which is usually anywhere from a week to three weeks away, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to throw this insurance card down and say, hey, basically, what does this get me? And then the doctor is going to have a quick little visit for you. And then that doctor is going to submit that claims data with a bunch of different codes to insurance company. And so when the patient isn't directly paying their medical bills and paying them to their trusted medical professional, you really distort that entire client-patient relationship. And so that's a long answer to a very you know short question there, but that's what direct care is, is we favor a membership model that is all you can access primary care, all you can eat primary care, kind of buffet-style healthcare. And you get to see the same doctor because you join that physician's practice and they get to know you. And so they know your environment, they know your family, they know your history, they know your, your medication history. And so the, the likelihood of medical errors decreases significantly because they know what kind of medications you're taking. They know, you know what your lifestyle is, and they're able to help you achieve your medical goals because um, you can text them. The, the access just shoots up. It, it skyrockets compared to what traditional medical practices can do. And so that's when I say direct care will see every single person under the sun. It is open to everybody. It doesn't matter if you are uninsured, if you have commercial insurance, employer insurance, Medicare, Medicaid, it does not matter. In my point of view, insurance plans really discriminate yeah. against some of the best options for people, and they have these narrow networks that might not fit somebody. And so when we say we open it up, we will see every single person out there. It's the great equalizer in healthcare. Um, and, and we can have 
you know, somebody on Medicaid sitting next to a CEO of a Fortune 500 company uh, in the in different exam rooms, and they're going to get amazing healthcare from their physician, and they're going to pay a very low cost to be able to access that, and that's the beauty of the model. When the consumer pays the bill, service goes up, quality goes up, and price goes down. But it sounds like you just said that it's affordable, but it sounds like something like this must be super expensive. Can you give us an idea of, of what it would cost somebody to have direct access like this to a doctor? Depending where you are, and this is another great thing about the model, is that it's relocalizing healthcare. It's, it's, it's making local pharmacists and local physicians, it's making those people the quarterbacks of your care team, which is beautiful. We, we talked to physicians in, you know, there's a great physician down in Appalachia in Eastern Kentucky. He charges his patients $20 a month because that is what the cost of living yeah. standards are down there. And that's what people can afford. We also work with physicians in Hawaii and on the East Coast in major metro areas who are potentially charging $150 to $200 a month because that's the cost of living in those areas. Right. It's no longer one size fits all. And it should, and, and it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be coming out of Washington D.C. saying <laughs> this insurance code or this medical code or billing code reimburses this, whether you are in the middle of the country in a rural area with a very low cost of living, or you're in the middle of New York with a very high cost right. of living. A one size fits all approach does not work, and we've seen that time and time again from regulators across industries, and obviously healthcare is at the forefront. Right, and I always. When the free market is at work, that's when the consumer and um, the doctor is going to benefit the most. I mean, the patient, and the doctor, both of them are going to benefit. And one of the ways the doctor benefits is, like you said earlier, is that first of all, the doctor has a choice um, whether they want to stay in the traditional healthcare system or not, and, and under the insurance model. Um, but one of the benefits that I always see is I I see. You know, I've met many direct primary care doctors all over the nation, and I have never, ever met one that is not happy in their practice. You've met a lot, lot more than I have. Chris, can you um, comment on that? I usually tell people that about 60 to 70% of the clients that work with Freedom Health Works, if they did not get out of the fee-for-service and insurance-based practice, they would no longer be physicians. Yep. They right. would quit and leave medicine altogether. It's that bad. In it's that bad. And this isn't, I'm not just talking about 65, 70 year old doctors who are kind of at the tail end. I'm talking about doctors in their 30. I know. I've seen it. And that's terrifying. And one of the reasons why we started this company, you know, uh, to go out there and, and help those people take control of their profession, take control of their life. And it, it, it's very rewarding to talk to them and say, wow, I, I can, I cannot, I, I can't go back. I would never want to, and my patients don't want to. And so when we when we um, look kind of on our strategic planning, you know, we very much want to move into specialties because if a patient, you know, understands the the value, um, yeah, the value of having a physician who works for them and is accessible when they need them, we don't want to say, oh, okay, you need to go see a specialist because the primary care can't handle this right now. I'm going to send you back into the hospital system. We don't want that to happen. No. And so we're trying to build out a completely alternate healthcare system, utilizing those direct care principles across specialties, into surgeries, into, you know, eventually emerging care 
that people can choose high quality options for affordable prices and transparent prices. Yeah, it's definitely happening. I think, you know, initially the primary care doctors, they had to build out the network first of all. And then once there was enough primary care doctors that are, you know, need referrals to the specialist, um, that's kind of how the specialty is starting to, the specialty field in direct care is starting to grow. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And you really could go back to what we were talking about before from a small business and from an entrepreneurship and, and, and an innovation standpoint. You know, that's one of the questions we get is, okay, so I understand that I want to go out and start my new company and, and, and grow this and become the next Amazon and become the next Tesla, whatever it is. This is my dream. But, you know, my insurance company, my insurance plan is holding me back to my previous employer. I'm, you know, burning candles at both ends. This is not sustainable. And they say, great, I understand the primary care aspect of it, but what happens if I really get sick? How does this work? And then that's where we talk about the alternatives to insurance and health insurance, you know, kind of not insurance or how to pick the best plan based on your situation and, and, and your family needs. And um, to see the proliferation of a lot of non-insurance products start to happen. You know, I mentioned health shares. There's a bunch of other ones out there too. Couple that with accessible, trusted primary care. You're going to be in the driver's seat of your yep. healthcare for a very, very long time using those combinations. Yeah. And, I, and that's the whole, that's the only way we're going to fix this problem. It's, it's, it can't be from the top up. It's got to be from the bottom down. And really it starts with the patient. And as healthcare professionals, we need to educate and empower patients to take charge of their own health. And that includes financially. So what they decide to do with, you know, a health insurance or a, a health savings account or how they pay for their health care, that's very, very important because when consumers start driving that, that's when the system starts changing. Exactly, exactly. And I actually had this conversation with uh, our Indiana Senator, uh, Mike Braun. I was talking to him and, and he's like, Chris, what you're, 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 you're doing amazing things. Your premium health is doing incredible things yeah. uh, as well as the industry is in grassroots, yep. you know, getting involved grassroots to really show states, legislators, federal government, how things can be better. He goes, what do you need? What, how can we help? And I said, Senator Brock, I need legislation you know, passed that actually opens up the market and decouples health insurance from employment. And he started laughing. And he goes, Chris, the only way that that's going to happen is if you guys show us that it's possible. We're not going to get anything done in Washington. And I just wanted to share that to just right. really drive home the point you just made. It, it, it has to be us doing it, yep. not just me, you know, Freedom Health Works, but you and what you're doing. Uh, the rest of the people in the industry, patients, businesses, all working together to show really, you know, our, our quote unquote benevolent, benevolent leaders in Washington and in state capital. This is what we want. This is the direction we want to move. We want more choices. We want more freedom. We don't want more of the status quo and what has gotten us in trouble in the first place. Right. And and consumers can drive that again. Like you said, an employment contract is an, is negotiable. No different than their wages are negotiable. So is the healthcare portion of it. So employees, listen up. If you work for somebody, you can negotiate that. Don't think that you can't. And if you can't, then and you know it doesn't fit you, then go somewhere else or do your own thing. Be an entrepreneur. Be be liberated and you can choose your own thing and don't be scared of 
not having this traditional health insurance. If you're scared of that, um, you will you will never ever you'll never ever change and get you out of that. And I think employers have used health insurance to create you know slaves of employees um, when they really don't. I've heard many employees say that they don't like where they work, but they got to have it for the health insurance. And that just, that just needs to change. People need to be liberated from that. Exactly. It's a construct that's left over uh, from world war II, you know, the history of it, but it centers on government involvement in labor markets. Right. And it's just grown from there. It was never supposed to be a long-term fix. And yet here we are 80 years later, with this massive albatross weighing down innovation and really increases in standard of living as insurance premiums skyrocket up to $22,000 for a family of four. Crazy. You know, last year. Yeah. And it, it's, the numbers are just crazy and it's, um, it's hurting a lot of good people out there who just aren't aware that it doesn't have to be like this. Well, and it's just perfect timing for this podcast because there's a lot of people that are wanting to make changes right now in their employment um, and they just don't feel free to move because they're, they're, they're scared because they will lose health insurance. And my personal opinion is Chris, I mean, I mean, it's just, it's just numbers, um, pure numbers. I don't think it's sustainable what we're doing. We can't have the inflationary costs of healthcare and health insurance premiums going up like it is. It's not sustainable. Absolutely. Um, but at what point does it break Don? And that's a big question. Know. When employer, when are when are employers going to be set up with twelve percent, thirteen percent increases year over year, to say, screw it, there's a better way to do it, or I'm going to go research alternatives. Um, I thought we'd see that breaking point five years ago, and we didn't. I, and I people just continue to absorb increases in cost and lower quality care, higher prices. It's moving in the wrong direction completely for, for sure. vast majority of people out there. And, um, you know, that's one thing I, I cannot look in the crystal ball and say, when are CEOs and CFOs and presidents of companies going to say, this is ridiculous? Um, are they going to be the ones to do it and say, look, we want to take better care of our people? Or are employees going to say, hey, uh, C-suite, hey, Mr. Business Leaders, I don't want to do this anymore. These health plans are not helping my family out at all. Right. In fact, it's moving us in the wrong direction. And so that's one thing I try to keep an eye on. And really the pulse of the industry here is to say, who's going to be that first person out there from a, a, a macro sense to say, let's go research different things. Um, it's happening. You know, you hear stories and, and you talk to people and companies are isolated, but typical industry, typical companies uh, are just not doing that right now. And they just kind of tuck their heads in, the, in between their knees and, and just kind of absorb these increases every single year. And uh, if that's not the definition of insanity, I'm not really sure what it is. <laughs> right, right. But we all have a choice, right? We have a choice. That's right. That's the beautiful I love thing it. about it. Yep. That's the beautiful thing about being an American is you have a choice what you do every single day. Yep. You might not like the choices or you might have the choices that uh, you, know, you want to strive to, um, but that's your ability to be able to go out there and, and, uh, and get the best options for your situation. So how does Freedom Health Works help with choices? We like to say that, that we give patients, doctors, and employers an alternate choice to the status quo when it comes to healthcare. So 
What do I mean by that? Well, hey, doctor, call us up. We're going to help you get started in your direct care practice, taking cash, taking memberships. It's a beautiful thing with recurring revenue. And then from a patient standpoint, we're going to give you options, you know, across the United States. We're in about uh, two dozen states right now in different metro areas. So come join one of our practices and you're going to experience an entirely different way to have medical care. Again, health insurance does not equal medical care. And so I just want to reiterate that all the time. And so when a patient joins on their own free will and volition and they understand the concept of this and what I, what we usually see is patients who have experienced healthcare before and we're like, this sucks. I don't want to go through this again, whether it was them or a loved one and realize that hospitals are not good places to be at all. Right. <laughs> you want to stay away right. from those places. And so what we do is say, Hey, look, come try us out. If we're a fit, great. If not, well, we're going to help you find the best fit possible for you while trying to keep you away from that insurance-based system because we don't want you to go back in there. And then from employers, you know, kind of what we talked about, um, I love the companies, working with companies that are in that 15 to 20 or less employee range because those are the mom-and-pop organizations who truly care and get to know their employees. You know, if they have somebody who's sick, like a, like a server or, um, you know, a, a, an employee for them, they understand that and they feel that and they want to pitch in and try to take care of that person. You get that lost, you get lost a little bit in bigger companies. But even with 200, 300, 400, 500 people, that is a significant impact to your bottom line. And I would encourage, you know, people in the C-suites out there to really pull and, and do some focus groups to say, are these health benefits actually working for you? And then we can work with you to put in pilot programs. So you don't need to do a wholesale change. Next year, let's offer a, a, a Freedom Docs plan in conjunction with your current insurance plan and let people choose. Do they want this new cash-based subscription option over here? Or do they want the status quo that's going to cost them tens of thousands of dollars? Right. Let the people choose. Just give them the choice. Right, right, right. That's awesome, Chris. Thanks for educating us on that. So um, if you had to... In one, in two sentences, sum up what an entrepreneur should do with healthcare today. What would that be? Ooh, two sentences. All right. Uh, <laughs> right? We just did it a half hour. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Um, outside of educating, I'm trying to try to to wrap it up for you. Um, I would say, if they are truly truly wanting to go out and let go and untether themselves from that sea anchor of an employment position. Um, the number one word that comes to mind is research. If you're not going out there and looking at alternative models of healthcare, you can do yourself a disservice. Yep. Um, talk to the brokers, um, figure out where their paycheck comes from. First of all, Who's paying you? And it's okay to ask those questions. Yeah. You know, who's paying you and where's the money? So if you want a sentence or two, I would say track the money and do your research. Awesome. So, uh, Chris, how do people get a hold of Freedom HealthWorks? You can find us online. You can give us a call. So, freedomhealthworks.com. We are on pretty much every single social media platform out there. We're on YouTube. Um, you know, freedomhealthworks.com is a host of information for physicians and medical professionals looking to make a change. From an employer and a, a uh, individual standpoint, 
check us out on freedomdoc.care. And that website is going to have a lot more information geared towards individuals and what this type of model really means for them and how to use it and, and why it uh, why it could be a good fit for them. Awesome, Chris. I so appreciate you being on our show. You definitely have realized our goal at Health Solutions, which is to educate and empower consumers to take charge of their own health. And that's exactly what we have talked about over the last 40 minutes. So thank you so much, Chris. It's always a, a pleasure to have you on. And as always, thank you for tuning in, listeners and viewers. Thank you so much.